0: Hey, this is Nathan Hirsch from Outsource School. And if you want to build a brand that matters, you should be listening to Brands on Brands on Brands with my good friend, Brandon Berkmeier.
1: In a world where advertising is ignored, business is exposed, and the only constant is change. How do you build a brand that matters? Welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands, a home for those who think different and push their boundaries. This is where branding that matters lives. Now, here's your host, Brandon Berkmeyer. Hey,
2: hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands. I'm Brandon Berkmeyer, your personal marketing coach. And I believe that building a brand that matters is the only way for a business to thrive tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in each week as we bring you thought leaders in marketing and business to help you build your brand. And today's no exception. Today's an interview show, and we are excited to bring to you Nathan Hirsch. Nathan is a 28-year-old entrepreneur and expert in remote hiring and e-commerce. He's the co-founder and CEO of FreeUp.com, a marketplace that connects businesses with pre-vetted freelancers in e-commerce, digital marketing, and much more. He sold over $30 online and regularly appears on leading business podcasts around the world. A little bit about Nathan's story. He started his first business by buying and selling textbooks before moving on and finding his niche in baby products, home goods, and outdoor stuff. Nathan got the idea for free up because he got frustrated that he was spending too much time on the hiring process and wanted to get easier access to top talent. And I'm sure a lot of you have felt that same struggle. Nathan still does his e-commerce business and it makes him five to seven million dollars a year. He runs it through Amazon's dropshipping. And as he just recently exited free up and sold that company, he's now working on outsource school. That's at outsourceschool.com. It is a course that will teach business owners and entrepreneurs how to interview, onboard, train and manage virtual assistants to scale their businesses. He's also the author of a book, free up your business. 50 secrets to bootstrap million dollar companies by Nathan Hirsch and Connor Gillivan. And there's a lot that happens in this interview. We talk all through the processes of how do you build some outsourcing into your business? How do you get through those initial barriers? Why is it even important to outsource? And if you're going to take those steps, what are the things you should do to be successful in it? Bring the right people into your business at the right time. There are different levels. It isn't just the you know low-level work, the work that you don't want to do. It's also work that can really be an expert in your business. You can bring that in as well. We talk about a lot of that. There's a VA calculator that that he's built as well. This is at outsourceschool.com forward slash VA calculator. If you want to know uh, what kind of VA you can afford or how many VAs you can afford if you can afford more than one and you know what you should be investing into this. So a lot there for you guys. Uh, I hope you get as much of it from it as I did as I am currently using outsourcing and always looking to expand and do it better and bring in better people. And I'll tell you, as I'm helping people with their podcasts and I'm helping people launch podcasts, one of the main questions I get early on is, what do we do with the editing? What do we do with those things that we are not, uh, that are not part of our core expertise? You know, we want to create a show. We don't want to do the backend editing of it because I don't want to learn how to be an editor. I just want to do my show. And this is one of the solutions is to hire a virtual assistant and outsource that work that is not your core, your core expertise. Outsource that work to someone that can do it at a fee that makes sense for your business and still will do it better than you can. And your time is better spent on the things that you're an expert at. So all that is why I thought this makes sense for you guys today. We're out there building brands, building content. There is so many resources out there for you to Make this content creation process easier. I know that there's a lot of uh, work that goes into creating consistent content every day. And a lot of that can be outsourced so that you can be the creator and not be doing the busy work. So with that being said, let's get into the interview here with Nathan Hirsch and get started. Hope you guys enjoy the show. All right, let's get going. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. I'm excited to welcome our guest today, Nathan Hirsch. Thank you so much for being here, first and foremost.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here.
2: Yeah, me too. And hopefully the internet will cooperate with us today. So guys, I'll cut out anything that's terrible, but this is just how it goes when we're you know in a situation where everyone's on the internet. But that right. being said, <laughs> the reason I'm excited to Talk to Nathan today and to get us going is we get to venture off the beaten path. Usually we're talking about a lot of marketing and branding for you guys out there. And it's, you know, that's a lot of work. It's overwhelming. You don't get the help you need. And because marketing is the kind of thing everyone's trying to like get help with, especially if you didn't learn marketing, you didn't grow up in marketing, uh, you have to get that help from somewhere. And we get to dive deep on how you can use your time more effectively by Bringing in outsourcing, bringing in freelancers, bringing in virtual assistants by the guy who not only built a company all around that, but who wrote the book on how to bootstrap and build a business from from scratch. So this isn't a new topic for a lot of people, but so many people don't ever get help. And let's start there, Nathan. Let's get into the why people don't get help. Why is it? Well, first off, why is it so important to outsource specifically to virtual freelancers, assistants, and that kind of thing?
0: Yeah. And thanks for having me. I mean, if you think about it, there's very few solo entrepreneurs that are doing a million, $5 million a year out there. I mean, if you want to scale your business, you have to hire help. And we kind of live in an amazing time where you now get access to people all over the world at different price points with different skill sets. You can hire people part-time, full-time, project-based. And you're not limited like you were before, where you need an office and you have to hire people in your town and the towns around you. So it gives you a lot of flexibility as an entrepreneur. I just hired a bookkeeper for my new company, Outsource School, and I'm hiring her five hours a month. That's it. Five hours a month, five bucks an hour, 25 bucks a month. And my books are good from the beginning going forward. And a lot of people don't realize how powerful that is when you can focus your time on what you're really good at and the high-level parts of your business and quickly delegate a lot of the smaller stuff or the things that are outside your core competency.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people never take that first step, I feel like. And what I'm trying to figure out is if I had to get into the why, like why do people shy away from even investigating a virtual assistant or pulling the trigger? Maybe they've like, brought up a website and then they stop. I wonder what's stopping people. Have you kind of encountered that yourself?
0: Yeah, it's weird. I mean, if you think of different parts of, of running a business, you've got like marketing, you've got bookkeeping, but for some reason, people don't put in like hiring into the categories of everything that you need, or they kind of take the approach that they they struggle to hire and they're like, Oh, I'm not going to hire anymore. But you wouldn't do that with other things, right? If you tried to market your business for two months and you failed, you wouldn't just be like, Oh, marketing's out for me. I'm just not going to market my business anymore." And For some reason, people do that with hiring. So it's something that's not natural to a lot of people. It's something that people think that it's risky, although being an entrepreneur in general is risky and and hiring is no different. And it's something that requires systems and processes to get better and better at over time. And I guess I try to encourage people to don't focus on things you can't control focus on the things you can control. And that's your system for interviewing, onboarding, training, and managing virtual assistants or hires in general.
2: Is there like a, a perfect person, like a perfect candidate for outsourcing and or maybe people that are just like, Outsourcing shouldn't be for your kind of company or whatever it is, or is it really for everybody?
0: I think it's for everyone. I mean, when I was running a free up, a platform for pre vetted virtual assistants, I had a sushi restaurant that was down the street and they were using virtual assistants to run their social media. I had a guy who used VAs to run his fantasy football team. I had real estate agents. I had Amazon sellers, marketing agencies. It's something that can apply to every business. And even if you have a, an office and you have US employees that, that are there, If you have an employee that's making 50 grand a year and they're spending 25% of their time on on very low level tasks, give them a VA and let them focus on the $50,000 an hour task. So there's a lot of creative ways to go about it. And it really applies to any business no matter what industry you're in.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's the kind of thing that's gonna continue to transform even these large corporations. I spent 18 years at large ad agencies like corporately held or whatever you call it, uh, large ad agencies. And even then I'm like, there's a lot of these jobs that honestly could have been done more efficiently and effectively by a VA and your teams, I think we're going to start to see maybe like a more hybrid system. Obviously, it's like to have people that you can like groom to grow with your company and, and become like leadership, like that's there in person. But I think that there's the mix, the hybrid hasn't like shown up as much as it could be. So I think maybe there's some velocity that might be starting to happen towards that.
0: Yeah. And at free up. So free up was an eight figure business that was run completely by VAs. It was me, my business partner, Connor, who's in Denver. I'm in Orlando and 35 VAs from the Philippines. That's it. They handled all our customer service, all our billing, all, all our social media. And we had leadership. We had team leaders. We had assistant team leaders. We had certain team meetings each week. So our billing team would meet, our social media team would meet, our customer service team would meet. And so you can structure a business depending on how you want to. Like Right now, I have a VA that does podcast outreach for me, or not more research than outreach. So I wake up every day to a list of podcasts to review and see if I want to reach out to the host and get on them. And so now I don't really need a leadership team for that. That's kind of like a one-off task she does every single day. But as we grow and as we get bigger, we're going to need customer service. And I don't want to have... 10 customer service reps that all report to me. I want to put a team leader there and maybe an assistant team leader there in case that leader can't work. And, and you can structure it depending on what makes sense for your business.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, in my opinion, the word outsourcing, is kind of this idea that it's a very broad term. It's kind of like the word marketing is a very broad word. Right. When I talk about it, they're like, yeah, I mean, I need marketing. I understand I need marketing, but that doesn't help people get started necessarily but if I dive deeper and I say, let's talk about how you're using email to communicate with customers or how you can use Facebook ads to drive leads for your service, it's easier to understand. And if it's something I need for my business, like, I'm like oh, yeah, that I definitely need that thing for outsourcing. What are some of the most common like projects a business should consider outsourcing first?
0: Yeah. And I think even taking a step back before that, if you want to truly understand hiring and outsourcing, I like to divide it up into three different levels. So you've got the followers, you got the doers, and you got the experts. So the followers are what I consider a virtual assistant, five to 10 bucks an hour, non-US. They could have years of experience, but they're there to follow your system, your process. This could be customer services, could be lead generation or podcast research. There are tasks inside the day-to-day operations of your business that you know how to do, that you create a system for, and you delegate. You don't hire a follower or a virtual assistant and say, I don't know how to run Facebook ads. Go run my Facebook ads. That doesn't work for you. That's not going to work out very well for you. Then you got the doers. They're the freelancers, the specialists. They do the same thing eight to 10 hours a day. You're not teaching a, a graphic designer how to be a graphic designer but they're not consulting with you either. They're doers. They're there to do that one thing at a high level. They could be video editors. They could be writers. They're specialists. And then you got the experts. They could be 30 bucks an hour. They could be a thousand bucks an hour. High level freelancers, coaches, consultants, agencies. And you're hiring them because you want the strategy. You don't know how to run Facebook ads. You don't know how to build a brand. And they're coming with their own systems, their own processes in place. And from there, I mean, just like you wouldn't hire the VA and say, go run my Facebook ads, you wouldn't hire an expert who's had a lot of success doing it their way with other businesses and say, hey, I'm going to hire you, but I want you to come in and do it my way and follow my process. That doesn't make a lot of sense either. So understanding what different level you need is the really the first step of hiring. And then you can get creative on exactly what you want to do. You can hire an agency to just handle everything. You could hire one person to post on social media following your process, but then put some doers in there, a graphic designer, a video editor, a writer to get them content. You can have someone create a strategy and then turn that strategy into systems and add the VA. So no right or wrong, lots of ways to do it, but you have to make sure that you understand the different levels and that you're hiring appropriately.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I like that breakdown to think of a lot of us maybe just think about followers. We just think about, okay, now I'm going to have to like have this scope of the project I outlined and the steps are going to take figured out. And that's a lot of work. So I'll get to it, but I don't get started on it. But maybe not a lot of us think of that there's different levels of work that can be brought in to take on all of it, to take on every level of it, even from the like creating that, those steps for the, the team. Right. Exactly. And I mean, that's kind
0: of the the mistake that a lot of people make. If you think of all the hiring mistakes and there's a lot of them, the most common I see is people just hiring the wrong level and, and not being on the same page, or at least not having the conversation about collaboration and how you're going to work together. Because if you hire that expert, Maybe it's a collaboration where you both give input and, and then you work together. Or maybe it's more of something where, hey, I don't know how, how to run Facebook ads. I'm going to go focus on what I'm good at. You handle the ads and just keep me updated. And you don't want to talk about that relationship up front so you don't run into situations where you want different things.
2: Now, I, I think part of this, too, is figuring out like the qualifying of, right? and Figuring out how do you qualify this person's actually an expert and this person is you know, as good as they say they are and I can trust them. Uh, with, you know, with minimal handholding and that whole kind of thing. What's, I know you, you know, through free up, there's one way to do it. And then there's a lot of other outsourcing companies out there too, but what is the right way to make sure you're getting the right amount of experience you need for the job that you're trying to do?
0: Yeah. So what Connor and I try to do is, Connor's my business partner. We try to learn enough to be dangerous without actually knowing how to do it. So a good example is development. I mean, with FreeUp, we built an entire platform. Neither Connor and I can code, but we did a lot of research into the different languages, the programming languages, the pros and cons for each, and enough to have a conversation with the developer to which we knew whether they were full of it or actually understood it. So when we're interviewing developers, yes, there's always going to be that that trust and that leap of faith, but we at least knew what we were talking about. And the other flip side of that is, yes, experience is one part of the hiring equation, But you also want to focus on attitude and communication as well, which is a key part of hiring that people miss. So yeah, I mean, with attitude, you want someone who is positive, who's the bigger man, the bigger woman when there's some kind of adversity. You want people that don't just care about money above all else. You want people that care about self-improvement, that care about being part of something great and that people that don't get aggressive when, when things don't go their way. And for communication, you want someone that not only speaks your language at a high level, but can also get get on the same page quickly, that you can run meetings and and move forward and not find yourself going in circles, and that can communicate clearly what they need and what they want. And so what the funny thing is, is when you find people that have a great attitude and great communication skills, they're more honest about what they can and cannot do on the experience side. So it all goes together.
2: That makes sense to me. And what I like is that you have the experience, you've done this for yourself. If you guys are looking at bootstrapping a business from the beginning, Nathan's book was Free Up Your Business, 50 Secrets to Bootstrap Million Dollar Companies by Nathan Hirsch and Connor Gillivan. There's two, two authors on this book, obviously. And also you have this new project. Can we talk a little bit about how you shifted from Free Up into this what you're working on now?
0: Yeah. I mean, with free up, we started it with a five thousand dollar investment and, and a minimum viable product. And we just got it out there. And we were fortunate enough that, that people liked it and we were able to grow and invest in the software. And we scaled it from uh, that five thousand dollar investment to a million to five million to nine million to twelve million by two by year four. That's twenty nineteen. And by halfway through two thousand nineteen, we got approached by one of our clients, the Hawth. They'd been a client for years. They, they reached out. They said, hey, we love the service. We want to get into the, the freelance VA space. We don't want to build it from scratch. Would you guys be interested in hearing an offer to, to be acquired? And at the time, we we said, yeah, we'll, we'll hear it out. We'll, we'll get the information at the very least. And they ended up making an offer that we thought that was more than fair, if not aggressive. And from there, the, the due diligence began. I mean, they want to know everything about us, everything about the business. We had just as many questions for them. We wanted to make sure we weren't, selling the business to someone who's going to drive it into the ground or ruin the relationships that we had built or, or not treat our internal team well or the freelancer, the clients. And we, they're actually an hour and a half from us. We had the opportunity to go to their office and meet the other people that had worked with them for years and learn about a lot about their other success and failures and acquisitions. And, and we were really impressed. We felt like they were the right people to, to take free up from that $12 million to, to hopefully $50 million and beyond. And they treat people well. They, they've won employer of the year for X amount of years in a row down in Tampa. And from there, the, the mind numbing part came in, which is the lawyers, which right. wasn't really their fault or or our fault. It's just kind of part of the process. And we ended up making that tough decision. And we really felt like it would be a, a win-win for everyone. And we had that internal team that was 35 people. We made sure all their jobs were secure. And we also took $500,000 from the sale and, and gave it to our team in the Philippines to, to to thank them for helping us scale the business. And by far, that's the hardest part of not being a part of FreeUp is um, not being able to work with them anymore, although we're still in contact and, and, and still good friends with all of them. But yeah, I mean, that that's kind of how it went down. It kind of came out of nowhere. It's tough to turn down something that you feel is going to be a win-win-win for everyone. And even after the sale that we've been checking it in and the internal team could not be happier with them, obviously they, they miss us on some level, but it seems to be be going well and we're excited for for other things.
2: Yeah, and you you've built this new opportunity where you're helping people now learn about outsourcing and taking on that coaching role. What inspired you to kind of stay in this space and then kind of move into to this coaching side of things at OutsourceSchool.com, right?
0: Yeah, so right now we're we're not really doing coaching. We we might add that later on. I mean, there's two components of it. We're we're selling courses on on how to our exact processes for interviewing, onboarding, training, and managing VAs, as well as specific things like we have a, the podcast outreach formula, which is how to use VAs to to get on more podcasts. And we're going to have other courses like lead generation, how to use VAs for bookkeeping, stuff like that. And we're also going to build VA software to, to help people on that side. And hopefully it all comes together. And we're excited for it. It's something that we've been asked for years to create courses on how to really crack the code of using virtual assistants. And that's something that, that we wanted to do after we sold free up, but it's also a chance for us to stay in the VA space. We have a lot of great relationships with VAs in the Philippines and all over the world. And we didn't wanna just say, Oh, we sold Free Up by See you later. We're donating a percentage of all the sales for outsource school to our favorite charity, Teach for the Philippines, which provides education to Filipino children, whether they want to be VAs or pursue other careers and that's something we're, we're very passionate about. So it's a combination of staying in a space that we know very well, that we think we can give back to. Uh, it's fun helping other entrepreneurs grow while also giving back to the VAs in the space.
2: Yeah, awesome. And the uh, I think at the end of the day, they're you know like learning virtually and, and learning via coaching or via and I call it coaching, but I, you know there's a lot of ways to coach, and it's you know via trainings or direct and whatever. You're not doing the direct coaching, but you're creating this amazing virtual content and. I think that's how people are learning these days. I think we need to have more and more of, you know, if you need to learn something, it's good to be able to take it on yourself, pick up what you need to know, and then take on these tools like uh, outsourcing and 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 build your business from there. I think the timing of it's amazing. What I like is, I mean, when I started to go off on my own, you know, I think a lot of us read the 4-Hour Workweek book, and not that I was trying to be a 4-Hour Workweek worker, but, you know, the one of the main concepts in that book in the middle of it is, you know, let's like outsource what you can but I don't think it got as deep as it should have. It maybe got a lot of us curious about it, but then I think a lot of us dip our toe in the water and we have a bad experience because we don't know what we're doing. Uh, have you heard a lot of those stories? Did you experience that yourself uh, with getting started and then be like, maybe I should, maybe I'll just not do this anymore?
0: Yeah, I mean, it took us years to to really figure out outsourcing in general. I remember we made one really good hire, Chiki Anu. I've been working with for ten plus years. I'm actually the the god father of one of her kids. And, and after that, I made some really bad hires, people that quit on me, people who couldn't follow directions. And I mean, it's, there's a certain self, a, a sense of self responsibility. Like it was me, it was my system, my processes were bad. And, and I sat down with Chicky I said, what am I doing wrong? And and she let, let me have it. She told me everything about how I communicate to how I run meetings, to how I interview and onboard and the culture and the family environment that I was, or wasn't creating. And we really, broke it down into that interviewing, into that onboarding, into that training, into that managing and figured out how do we make each part of it better. And years later, we finally had a really good process. This was for my Amazon business. And we took that process over to the internal team at Free up And it's one of the reasons we were able to put that team together quickly. We, we didn't just wake up one day and hire 35 VAs and cross our fingers and, and hope it worked out. We had real systems, real processes that we put into place, everything from bonuses and raises, to how we ran meetings, to how we reduced turnover, to how we fired someone if if it didn't work out. So all of that is really what we want to teach people in outsource school. We have a course called Cracking the VA Code, and it really is our exact system and process. And we always wished back when we were first starting and spending years wasting time, energy, and money that someone had just said, hey, follow this process and you'll make better hires. And obviously, people can take that process and improve it or tweak it however they want to. But at least have a baseline of something that you know
2: works. So, and I don't want to give away you know a bunch of the information from the course, and people should take the course if they want to actually get into it uh, and learn it. The what I would say is though, if you know if there's something that is a common mistake that people are making when they're getting started, what's some of the easy things we can do to just avoid those pitfalls so that we stay confident in the process? Yeah.
0: So I mentioned there's four parts. You got interviewing, onboarding, training, and managing, and Most entrepreneurs know you have to interview someone. Most entrepreneurs know you have to train a virtual assistant. And most entrepreneurs know on some level you have to manage the virtual assistant. But the step that always gets missed is that onboarding. And it's so key. So an example is, let's say you interview three virtual assistants. You want to hire Jane. You want to hire Jane at 5 bucks an hour. What a lot of entrepreneurs will do is they'll say, Jane, that was a great interview. I want to hire you at 5 bucks an hour. Let's get started training. What I teach people to do and what I strongly encourage listeners to do, and if you take anything from this podcast about outsourcing, it's this, is sit down and say, Jane, that was a great interview. I want to hire you at five bucks an hour. First, let's make sure you're good with five bucks an hour. And if you are, I'm going to take you through what I call my sick method, S-I-C-C. And we're going to talk about schedule. We're going to talk about issues. We're going to talk about communication. And we're going to talk about culture. And only if you're on the same page with everything will we move forward to training. So with schedule, I'm going to go through and and tell her the schedule I need, make sure she's worked that schedule before because there's a 12-hour time difference in the Philippines. So if I'm hiring her to work graveyard shift, I'm going to make sure she has experience with that and that's not going to cause issues later on. I'm also going to find out what other clients does she have because a lot of VAs have other clients. What are the hours for those clients? Is there any overlap? Is she working 100 hours a week or 10 hours a week? And make sure that it actually makes sense before we move forward. Then I'm going to go through issues. We're going to talk about computer issues, internet issues, power issues, weather issues, and personal issues. Computer, I'm going to make sure that she has a a good working computer. I'm going to see, hey, if that computer breaks, is there a backup somewhere in your house or can you just not work until you get it back from the shop? For internet, do you have a backup internet? How often do you lose internet? Similar with power, do you have a backup generator? How often do you lose power? Do you have a friend's house you can go to if you lose power? Or can you just not work until the power comes back? Then we're going to talk about weather. Do you live in a rural area or a city? So these are, are usually affected less in the Philippines when it comes to weather. And what is normal or what should I expect with weather? Obviously, they don't have a lot of control over that. But you want to make sure, hey, if you're hiring someone that needs to be on at a certain time and they get a lot of bad weather, might not be the best fit for that role. And then going over personal issues and how personal issues can't interfere with work for an extended period of time. We don't want to work with someone that's one personal issue away from not being able to work. If they're taking care of their five kids and, and their entire family and there's no one else to help besides her, if one person gets sick, that could affect them working with us. So we go through issues. Then we talk about communication, the way that The way that I communicate might be different than the way that Brandon does. And I go through emails or for responses within a business day. Slack, you need to be on Slack when you're working and responding and posting updates there. And you need to have Viber on your phone. So if there's an emergency, I, I can reach out to you and I don't get a message back saying, this person doesn't have a Viber account when I really need to get a hold of you. So that's communication. And then culture, what do I care about? I care about someone who comes with ideas and feedback and a positive attitude and wants to get to know the other people on the team so we go through what kind of culture we are and again at any point they can back out at the end i really give them a chance to back out and if they're on the same page with everything there only then do we move forward to the training and what that does is that saves you so much time and hassle down the line because what a lot of people do is They'll have a vague job post. They'll like, give a little bit more information during the interview, but the VA doesn't really know what they're getting into until you've already started investing time and energy into training. And by then it might be too late. So really spending that extra 30 minutes at the beginning to go through that and we have a whole process for it is going to save you hundreds, if not thousands of hours down the line.
2: Right, I mean, it, that, it sounds like a lot of work and that thats I, you know that shouldn't be a bad thing, but I worry that it, it's, it would scare people. But I think obviously if you're taking a course like the one you have at Outsource School, you have templates built into this to help people like, yeah, these are the questions I'm going to ask. And this is, it's there for you. So you don't have to come up with all of them yourself.
0: Right. And, and it really is a, a 20 to 40 minute process. And you, you, we have a cheat sheet and we actually have screen, we have videos of us onboarding four different VAs. You can watch us do it and then go do it. It's not a four hour process. It's 20 to 40 minutes. And it's honestly the best 20 to 40 minutes investment that you can make because You'd much rather waste 30 minutes talking to someone and realize they're a bad fit than realize they're a bad fit a month into training them. And so, yeah, we have a guide. You go through question by question. It tells you what you're looking for. You can do it with the VA. If you if you have any issues or, or they say something and you're not sure if that's good or bad or a concern, you can reach out to us and we'll help you based on our experience. But it's really built for you to go through it yourself and turn everything into a repeatable process. So if you're going to build a team of 10 VAs... you're onboard all 10 VAs and they all know what they're getting into before you jump into it.
2: Well, I appreciate you going into the nitty gritty here with me. I think it's helpful for people. I mean, I think the other part of the process that people, if you're not in HR where this is what you do every day, like the idea of coming up with a job description or even a project request and how to outline what you need uh, is daunting and it's intimidating. And how do you cover all the things you want and filter out the right people and filter in the you know, or whatever, filter out the wrong people, filter in the right people. And that alone, I think, could freeze people up. What I do like about the free up system is that you have, you've built different categories of work within that. There's, you know, if you need someone that, you know, there's a biz ops kind of list of tasks that you can hire for. There's, you know, marketing and sales, there's content creation, there's accounting finance. You've broken it down to very simple tasks, like this is the thing. Uh, But you still would have to create like a job description what do you do to help people with that? Or what what would you say if you're that person that's doing it for the first time, what's going to help them kind of get past that, like, you know, the, the, the not eagerness to want to do it?
0: Yeah. And we have a, a cheat sheet that makes it easy for you to make a job posting too. And um, I mean, it is about clarity. I mean, you want to give as much information as possible up front and you want to know, hey, what is what is it flexible schedule or set schedule? What are the hours? What kind of skills do they have to have? What should they really know before getting in? A good example of that is that there's programs out there called Time Doctor or Hubstaff that monitor the VA screen. I personally don't use that. I, I like building a relationship and, and all that, but there are some clients that do, but they won't put that in the job posting and then the VA goes through everything, finally gets trained. Maybe they spend two weeks training and then the person says, Oh, by the way, I need you to use Time Doctor when the VA wouldn't have applied for the job up front if they knew they had to use Time Doctor. So there's certain things like that that you have to make sure to put in the job posting. The goal is to give them as much information as possible. And the last kind of hint that I'll give about the job posting is put like three to four sentences about your business, about your passion for your business, why you're doing it, because that's how you're gonna find some of the best candidates. If, if you're running something that coincides with what that other person likes and believes in and is passionate about, that's how you're gonna find
2: really good candidates. I mean, that makes sense. I think what people forget is the human side of it, right? And I think they do it in marketing too. Like we forget to talk to humans like humans. And that probably happens in this space a lot too. You forget that you're not just hiring a robot to do a job. You're bringing a person into your business to help you get things done. And if you can bring those human elements into it early, you're probably gonna have a better relationship with the people that, that are you're working with. Right, yeah, completely agree. Now, we have a lot of different, you know, categories of people you can bring into the business. Uh, I guess every business has got to think for themselves, what do I need first And, and kind of analyze that. But I'll tell you when I did, I was like, do I need someone to just help me with my emails? Do I need someone to do this operational thing? Do I need, you know, and you talked about the followers, but for me, I guess my question becomes, do I hire a follower first or do I hire a leader first to even help me figure out what I would have a follower do?
0: So you wouldn't necessarily hire a leader first you might hire an expert first yeah um, it, it, there's no right or wrong answer there you can go about it either way and it just depends whether you want to take the time to set up the system or, or process or whether you want to build it yourself or someone like me that's a little bit more advanced in hiring vas I personally enjoy the entrepreneur side of, of figuring stuff out and throwing it against the wall and I'll do it with the VA and and I just have to be okay that things that we try might not work and eventually I have the VA help create the process with me so that's more of an advanced thing. But if you're looking for some people, some entrepreneurs will come in and they're like, okay, I don't really want to hire. I'm not good at hiring. But if I hire a project manager or a leader to just do the hiring for me and set up my entire business, that'll go well. And that it sounds good in theory. Most entrepreneurs cannot pull that off unless you're really hiring an expert to come in with the strategy, with the systems to put into place and then having, then building the team around that. But you're still going to have to get involved. You're still going to want to know, how to interview, how to onboard, how to train and
2: how to manage people. Yeah, I like that. And the, the, what what comes to mind is there's a lot of, you know, if you're at this stage where you're like, I need some help and you're going to be willing to put in the effort, A, to do this the right way, but B, to actually stick to it until you get it right. And I think that's important in marketing too. That's it's just this concept that it's not, it may be a little bit dirty the first time and you might have to kind of work it out till it works for you. It's a you know, like a mindset shift that this is a long-term thing that, as long as I keep working at it, I will get it right eventually and find the right person or find the right tactic or whatever the thing is. And I think that's the same here. Now, as someone who had to organically scale a business and, you know, be, bring something from, you know, from just you to a bunch of people, did you have some things that you learned along the way that really worked for you in terms of growing? We have a lot of people out there that are scaling right now and they're, you know, that's why they're considering this. So you having to do that yourself. What were some of the things that really worked for you? in terms of going from just building to actually growing and scaling?
0: Yeah. So this is kind of my organic marketing playbook that we use for FreeUp and we're bringing it over to Outsource School right now. So first of all, you have an affiliate program or a referral program. With FreeUp, we gave out 50 cents for every hour. We build with someone forever that you send to us. With Outsource School, we have our own affiliate program, schoolcom slash affiliates, where you get a percentage of, of every sale. And so you have that as a baseline you have it on your website you tell everyone about it and we even taught people once we had vAs taking client phone calls at the end of every phone call you leave off with oh by the way we have this great affiliate program blah 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 so make it on your website make sure that you tell people about it next is step 1 which is networking with other entrepreneurs so the first thing that i do every morning is reach out to three new entrepreneurs through facebook through instagram not really linkedin but you can do it through other methods as well and I just try to connect with them and set up networking calls. And I'm not trying to sell them. I'm not trying to pitch them. I'm trying to learn about them, see if I can add value. If there's some way to help each other work together, great. If not, always great meeting other people in the space. And that's a small part of it, but it's something that over time, you'll wake up years later and be like, wow, my network has grown exponentially. So that's part of it. Next is getting on podcasts. If you're running a business and you're not going on a podcast a week, there's no reason not to. It's great to get your message out. Like like I am now to thousands of your ideal customer. It's also good for networking, meeting hosts. It's also great for SEO. It's great for backlinks. Um, So there's a lot of benefits and I can keep going on and on, but podcasts should be part of your marketing plan. If you're going to dump $50,000 into Facebook ads, you should be going on podcasts as well. It's a lot cheaper. Next is finding partners. And this is key. Other people in your same space that have the same audience, but that do different things than you do. So For free, up, we started off in the Amazon space because I was an Amazon seller. So we found Amazon software companies. They didn't offer VAs. We didn't offer Amazon software. We both went after Amazon sellers. So we would set up content swaps. Now, content swaps could be a podcast where we each go on each other's podcast, could be a YouTube video together, could be a webinar, could be a blog post where they guess for our post, our blog, and and vice versa. It could be an email blast, but you set it up. So every quarter, every six months, every year, however you want to set it up they're going in front of your audience and vice versa. And over time, you're going to build lots and lots of relationships. We had around 200 partners at FreeUp that were just constantly promoting us to their audience, which was a big part of building. Off of that is influencers and micro-influencers, very similar to partnerships, a little bit harder to land, and you're not really doing as many content swaps. You're finding people that like your product, that think you could value your audience, it might include the affiliate program, it might not, that will promote you to their audience. And there's going to be a some failure and rejection there, just like getting on podcasts, you're going to get rejected too. But when you find the right influencer, that helps take your business to the next level. So they all kind of go together because you might network with someone who knows someone that would be a really good influencer, or you might go on a podcast and they become an influencer or you might do a partnership and that leads to you getting on the podcast. So they all kind of go hand in hand, but when you divide it up like that every day, you're focused little by little of building that new partnership, getting that new influencer, going on that one podcast and and having your affiliate program, you're going to grow and you're going to scale over time. One last piece I forgot is putting out your own content consistently, whether that's your own podcast, your own blog, you're on social media, stuff like that. Consistent content kind of brings it all together. Yeah,
2: you're preaching to the choir on that one. The uh, the number one thing I think anyone can do to, to grow their network and even their personal brand is is to A, get on podcasts. But if you can build your own platform and have your own podcast, uh, that's what I'm all about here. And what I think people don't realize is you know these conversations that you were having, like yeah, you can reach out to people. And for a lot of people, it's awkward to say, you know, uh, hey, let's just jump on a phone call to, to say hello. What's interesting is if you build your own, something you're curious about, which is what I did. I'm like, I'm in the marketing space. I've been in it forever. But I want to network with other, you know, like thought leaders in marketing. So building a platform like this where I could bring people on and say, I'd love to hear your story and talk about what you're doing. That connects the process it made it a lot faster for me to connect with people and say "Hey, why don't you come on the show and tell your story as opposed to let's talk about let's get on the phone and talk about coffee or you know get, get on for coffee or whatever uh and talk about each other and how we can help each other a lot of people are eager to tell their story but they feel awkward about just networking in general so this is a, a hack if you haven't gone through it you have own no show right you have outsourcing and scaling the podcast how's that worked for you
0: so, that it, it worked really well. That was actually part of the free up sale. So, free up owns that now. I'm no longer doing that show. And we might start a different podcast later. But, I mean, the beauty of having your own podcast is it gives you a reason to reach out to those influencers and, and higher level people. Not the main reason, but it's one of them. And, I mean, I've had situations where I wanted to work with someone for, for years and, and they just rejected me, didn't want to hop on a call with me. And the second I launch a podcast, they reach out to me, hey, can I be on your podcast? So, it kind of gives you a, a little bit of that extra in. Also, good for building your own brand, also good for um, SEO and other stuff as well, like I kind of said before, um, but it is kind of that way to add that instant value add that sometimes if you if you are if you do think it's a little awkward or you, maybe you're a newer entrepreneur, you can't always add value to other people, and the podcast is the easy way to do it because you can always say, "Oh by the way, do you want to be a guest on my show
2: Yeah, man well I you know. Big fan over here of all the work you're putting in. And uh, if you guys do think about starting a, a podcast, uh, you know, get out there, get resources. And guess what? It's not that daunting when you can have help through outsourcing, through virtual work. I outsource to editors that do the, the, the behind-the-scenes hard stuff. So I can just get on the phone here, have a great call with Nathan, and it's not a problem. It's, you know, the rest of it's easy. I'm not an editor. I don't want to be. So, you know, Nathan, as we come to the back end of the call here and we're, we're, we're wrapping up, I do want to hear a little bit about uh, first just, you know, where do where are you active on social? Where can people get a hold of you? And then I have another question for you after that.
0: Yeah, I'm one of the easiest people to, to contact on social media. You can reach out to me or connect with me, Facebook or LinkedIn under Nathan Hirsch, Instagram or Twitter under The Real. Feel free to, to connect with me. I'm,
2: I'm constantly putting out content to help entrepreneurs. Well, what I want to, it might be two questions, so you have to forgive me. But the thing I'm, I'm thinking about, yeah, please check out Nathan. Uh, check out OutsourceSchool.com. Check out the book if you guys haven't. If you need that help with bootstrapping your business, but what I want to get into is, you know, a, I'd like to hear a story about the impact you've seen in someone's business, whether it was yours or in other people's, when they finally broke that that barrier down and brought outsourcing into their business. That have you have you just uh, some stories from that?
0: Yeah, I remember uh, Tonya Tony Rekla, uh, who's a great free up client, big free up supporter she owns a bunch of different companies. And it was her and her husband really doing everything, trying to run all these different companies. And she, when I first met her, she had struggled to, to outsource before. Um, and we we kind of introduced her to VAs. I helped her get that first VA. And looking back at, at like by year four of FreeOps, she was like one of our biggest clients. She had VAs doing everything, running her podcast, doing all of that stuff. And, and she's kind of that, that poster child of someone who didn't think they could do it, wasn't sure they could implement those systems and processes, and now is addicted to systems and processes and virtual assistants. Now it's tough for me to get into specifics because I'm not involved in anyone, everyone's business. There, if they hired someone from free up, I'd kind of help on the outset, but they're working with the VA one by one. But I do know that I mean there's countless clients who I mean, when you're hiring and you're making bad hires, you make you never want to hire again. When you make good hires is addicting and you just want to keep doing it more
2: and more and it helps you scale your business. Yeah, I mean, have you thought about that? Have you thought about the I mean since you are you know, like you're running this thing that a lot of, there's a lot of things happening, you know, that you have case studies for your, your, your business and whatnot, but as you're moving out of that and you, you know, maybe you have a little time to reflect as you're building the next thing, or maybe you don't, have you thought about the impact that you're having in general that, you know, the, the good that you're putting into the world and how you're helping people? Have you thought about that? Is it, has it sunk in yet that you've been, you've built this thing after you've been running for so many years to get it done? Uh, Has it sunk in yet?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I hope that's the case. I mean, the, the one of the proudest things about free up that Connor and I really liked is like our last year, we paid out over $7 million to freelancers and VAs around the world. And they were showing us their houses and their cars and how they were able to provide for their family. So I, I don't think it's something, I'm not a big fan of like, patting myself on, on the back, so, so to speak. I'm not sure what what good that is. I mean, there's a certain time to celebrate and, and hopefully going in the right direction. And, and I always think back to like my Amazon business and why I got sick of it and eventually hated it because I wasn't really helping anyone. I was kind of just helping myself, my bank account, my, maybe my team, uh, which I wasn't even that good at managing teams back then, and, and my manufacturers and, and no one else. So, I mean, now that it, with free up and Outdoor School, there, there's a much more sense of why and purpose and helping other people. And it's definitely something that motivates us.
2: Man, and I bring it up because I think it's that you are building something that is, that's helping a lot of people. And that's where my mind goes is there's, you know, you're creating jobs, uh, in a place that could really use it and like in a way that actually is not taking advantage. And it's actually building something that that's, that's helping. Uh, and you can tell by what you've done on, on, you know, behind the scenes to to help the people when you didn't have to. So I, I just want to, you know, express some gratitude there and appreciation that there's, you know, good people out there in the world that are also building amazing businesses. So appreciate you, man. And uh, thanks for taking the time to come on the show. You didn't have to do that either, but it's always great meeting new people. And I appreciate you sharing your knowledge with uh, our listeners out there.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. And if I can help anyone in any way, uh, definitely go to outshoreschool.com or reach out to me. Absolutely. All right, thanks. And we will catch you guys next time.
1: You've just taken your marketing knowledge to another level with this episode of Brands on Brands on Brands. But we have plenty more ways to not just help you build a business, but build a brand. Head over to BrandonBrands.com for more resources, as well as access to our blogs, videos, and exclusive coaching sessions with your host. Be sure to visit BrandonBrands.com.